Welcome to Decolonize to Thrive, a podcast dedicated to nourishing the soul through stimulating conversation, thought-provoking facts, and vulnerable exchange. Join me, your host, Ina Briggs, and my co-host, T. Lacey, as we disseminate what it means to decolonize the many facets of our lives. Yeah. All right. Let's hit it. <laughs> let's do it. So here we are today. Um, <laughs> I mean, it. Today is October, November. Where are November. we at? T? What is what November? Is today? today is November. 7th. <laughs> Where are we? It's. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all have been feeling like I'm going to say we have been feeling over the last. Yeah. Week. Like, exactly. What is time? Where are we? I don't even know. But we are currently November seventh, second. We're it's okay. We're getting there. We're getting close. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, no, uh, the 2023. <laughs> and as a lot of us know, there is a war. Yeah. There is a hard quotes going on over that war um, mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. in Gaza. Absolutely. And um, we think it is extremely important to open up this topic and have a conversation today. Um, obviously, our podcast is about you know, decolonizing and an exploration of what it means to decolonize. And we've learned a ton. Um, And one thing we know is that as it relates to this conflict, this uh, war, this genocide against um, the people in Gaza and and Palestinians, um, anti-colonial efforts are really what is needed to restore life um, to the people of Palestine and Gaza. Um, and this goes back so far. Um, if you've been, you know, researching and, and trying to understand the history of what is at the core of this conflict. And so um, we've talked about it throughout the podcast many times. And, and we understand that as much as decolonizing um, is an intellectual psychological process, it's very much so about the returning of resources, land and life um, mm. to those it was extracted from. Yeah, I want to talk big- about what it means to decolonize Palestine. Yeah, I want to say a big uh, thank you to Candace for like giving us that definition of like decolonizing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being connected to the land, because I think that like the struggle in Gaza and this and that whole conflict is is really about the land, um, and it's about homes, and it's also about settler colonial society, right? Which I think yep. really impacts that area, but it also impacts like our lives currently as we are living it because we in the United States are in a settler colonial society, Absolutely. right? Like there are things going on in Gaza that have happened here. And there are similar techniques that are being used in Gaza that have happened and are happening here. So I think yeah. it's really important that we talk about it. And I also think it's really important that we expand um that we expand the support, right? Like we're mm-hmm. pro-black here, we are pro-Palestine here, uh, we are pro-indigenous here. Absolutely. Um yeah. yeah. And I think just as a as a moment in history, like even if this podcast wasn't right, what it is, um, this is a learning moment. And I think it's a chance to discuss what comes up for us as we reflect deeply on uh what it feels like to feel the weight of this atrocity um, yes. in history. We yeah. also want to say we don't proclaim to be the holders of knowledge. We um, <laughs> and we ultimately hope to just be present for um, for each other, um, for you to gain insights from our collective wisdom, um, and really to walk away with the reminder that 
all isn't lost in the world if we keep showing up together. Ooh, Ina, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Solidarity is going to get us through this. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, um, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, I, maybe we should just go ahead and get started. Um, yeah. So, why Palestine and Israel? Mm. You know, I have to say, um, I've had a little bit of background information prior to the October 7th um, Hamas okay. attack, but mm -hmm. nowhere near the depths in which I have now. Um, I've been really intentional of, about making myself um, informed about what's really happening. And um, I even took some time to, I, I will say this, I've been really intentional about how I engage with the information because it's a lot on social media. It is. Um, me, I, I took... Uh, uh, the opportunity to look through and find like I'm a documentary person, so <laughs> I went to I went to Netflix um, and I found the documentary. If you are interested, if you have not seen it, you should watch it. It's called Life in Gaza. Um, oh, I love documentaries. Yeah. Yes, I'm a huge documentary person, um, and I think one of the things amongst so many that is really standing out for me is the role of children in this. Oh experience. God. You know, I, I've, yeah. I've seen like so many children telling the stories and there's a reason for that too. I think um, so many of the survivors of this are our children. Um, but it also makes me think about like the impact that this is gonna have for generations, you know, to come that'll be left on the Palestinian people and how many children have been traumatized and will live to tell the stories. And mm. in this podcast, we've talked so much about like trauma and the and importance generational of trauma. Life. Yeah, generational trauma. And so that's one of the first things um, that's coming uh, to mind for me when I think about like why I want to talk about Palestine and Israel. Um, what is really standing out to me in terms of like how this affects ultimately everybody, right? You know, the entire world. Absolutely. Yeah. What are your thoughts, T? Like, what are some of the initial thoughts and feelings that have been coming up for you as you've been your research? Um, I think, so I, uh, did a deep dive on the conflict, um, like maybe a year or two ago, there had been like something else that had happened, like Israel yeah. did a thing. And then I like got it. I had like looked into it. I haven't seen that documentary, but I'm definitely going to be looking into it, read a whole bunch mm -hmm. of articles, things like that. Um, yeah. and I think, um, I think, I feel like for me, the first thing that comes to mind is just the struggle of colonized people. And I want to yes. like, my goal in life, I feel like, is to make Thomas Jefferson roll over in his grave and like out the United States in every kind of way yes, possible. Yes, yes. And I feel like this is a moment where we can't talk about the conflict in the, in Israel and Gaza without talking mm -hmm. about the United States um, in this way. And I think thinking about the United States as an imperialist power that has a very certain kind of agenda that like does things in order to protect that agenda. Yes. Um, and we see that going on in Israel and Gaza right now and I want to talk about that um yes yes and I think to go to your point about like the children I think you're so right that like when you were speaking the thing that I was just that I that hit me in some ways was just how this trauma will live on mm -hmm. in those kids and yes. their kids for like the yes. next six seven generations right yes. like like this will this will be talked about mm -hmm. absolutely and this will be felt in their bodies 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think in in some ways, like this was, so was the latest like attack as was like the Nakba in, in 1948, mm-hmm. right? Um, which was like the start of this whole conflict mm-hmm. and how that has like lived on in their bodies and how that this whole conflict continues to do so. Um, and that like the more we, um, the more we as like a country is complicit, the more this happens right i saw a tiktok recently about uh and it was a black girl and she was like looking at the camera and she's like how does it feel living in the heart of the empire while they are doing their empire shit all over the world Mm -hmm. you know and like the kind of need that we all have to try to to unplug because we're living in the heart of the empire while murder is kind of on our hands and our iphones right right and I just I said a lot there, but yeah. You really did. But you know what's standing <laughs> out to me is like um, the nuances and the complexities of all things, but particularly like the way we've been manipulated to become, I think personally, like divided. Yeah. You know, through the orchestration or like the, <laughs> the choreographed information that is being put out there by certain individuals on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, exactly what you said right like we live here in america we are watching this take place and i think there is some natural guilt that we may feel for just not being you know subject to what's happening in palestine right now we live in our comfortable lives and you know i saw a a tiktok the other day too where a young man was saying like how does it feel to know like how what's happening in palestine where we're just vibing out right yeah and it's like yeah no but the reality the reality is is like there are so many, you know, complexities to each of our situations. And when we think about like the fact that we each have a certain level of privilege and power, and yet we mm-hmm. also have like targets on our backs at the same time, you know, um, it puts us in a, and I think what is in many ways a challenging position and how it do we does. respond and how, we, you know, how, what do we do, right? From right. our specific uh, places of where we stand. So, um, yeah, man. So that's the I, thing I, that's coming coming to mind. I think I think two two things can be true at the same time, right? Absolutely. Like we can be outraged. Um, we can be outraged about this, um, and we can also feel like we're also oppressed, and like we don't, we don't have what we feel that we need, right? To mm-hmm. even like make a difference sometimes. So right. Yeah. It, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's weird. Um, I think whenever the US, US's and other parts of the country, <laughs> other parts of the world, I think it's really hard being black because we're feeling the effects of, of the US USing here, right? And then kind That's of right. knowing that it gets so much worse in other places, right? Because yeah. we don't necessarily have to worry about the bombs that Israel is dropping on Gaza here, right. but also like none of us can really like pay our rent comfortably or like That's pay right. for groceries yeah. comfortably, right? And so yeah. it's like, like, and to answer that dude's question of like, how does it feel to like vibe? It doesn't feel do- good, dude. It does not feel good. Right. I don't love it. I'm not vibing. I'm not vibing. Exactly. Everybody's exactly. stressed out. Um, yeah. And I think, and I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think it it speaks to some of this collective weight that we feel, even though we're not in the middle of it, but we see it happening. We know what's happening. We know that our tax dollars have gone to help it happen. Right. right. There is this weight. There is this right. way. And it's, it's also, tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. And then we don't like, have a lot of choice. I mean, 
I'll let you finish because I don't, nope. I don't want to, I have a different thought. <laughs> I, wanna... I was going to say, I just wanted to connect this back to uh, what Kamal said uh, when we talked to Kamal about Ooh. like how it feels like we have a responsibility to like do something. And then, That's right. then the That's question right. of like, what do, what do, do we, we do? do? Yeah. 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 And I think um, that's a really good point because each of us has something that we can do. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't have to look the same for everybody, but there is something that each of us can do. And to the point about um, the complexities and the nuances and the divisiveness, I think what it brings to mind for me, too, is like we are when we think about being, you know, pro um, freeing Palestine, right? Supporting Palestinians um, in Gaza and in general um, through this crisis. Um, that doesn't mean we are automatically against Israelis, right? We are against Zionism, right? We are against Ooh. the genocide. And I think it's so Jesus important Christ. for us to make sure that we make that distinction because too many things, and I think Ooh. this is what sparks the divisiveness. Is yeah. way more, it's, it's way more nuanced. <laughs> but I think that this is something that I've talked with friends about, and this is something that I see happening in the rhetoric of like critiquing a state, critiquing Israel as a state is right. very, very different, different than critiquing Jewish people as people, right? right. Like exactly. this isn't about Jewish people. This is about right. the state of Israel. This is not right? about anti-Semitism. This is right. not about anti-Semitism. This is not like, this is not an anti like people kind of thing. And exactly. it's like, the people are a part of the government, but the people are not necessarily the government, right? Mm-hmm. I have a problem with Israel and the kind of like, media lies and like kind of brainwashing propaganda that they're giving them yes. that they're also trying to spoon feed us absolutely yes that part um and i think you know what this is the perfect segue into when we think about um two things being true at the same time um a very well-known voice has spoken in relation <laughs> to um his feelings and thoughts about what's happening um, in, in Palestine and the conflict between Palestine and, and Israel. Um, and that's Dr. Umar Johnson. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of everything that Dr. Umar says. I can't even. <laughs> I, wanna, I, I, wanna, <laughs> I can't even. I got to put I, that I disclaimer just, out Because I don't want anybody Nina, walking gonna, away saying, oh, no, that's it. It's the last episode. <laughs> Y'all went off the rails now. Listen, right. all I know right. is that we saw him at a festival in Chicago. We did. We you did. got a picture with him. I did. I did. And what did he I do? And what that, did he do? We gonna keep that under wraps. Well, we are. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. We don't have to talk about we it. We gonna keep that under wraps. But I'm just saying. It, let, let's this just is say one hell makes, of a man here. He, it, right. Right. Okay. He gets around. That's what we'll say. So, Dr. Umar Johnson. <laughs> um. And, I, and I, again, when we talk about complexities, I think many of the things Dr. Umar says, I'm just like, no, you're totally off. You're dead okay. wrong. This is this is misogyny. This is, oh, this is so many things. It's, right. it's horrible. And there are also things that Dr. Umar says that are spot on, right? Listen, a broken clock is still right twice a day. There we go. There we go. So I do want to play this really quick clip of his perspective on um what's happening and I want to get your thoughts T and I just want to speak to this because I think that this is something that um is true for people who may not necessarily whose voices we may not necessarily um hear or who aren't really represented and what is in our feeds but I think it's very true for people in our communities or people that we know in our families um and I'm just really curious to hear your thoughts and um, of course, as always, the podcast community, if anyone would like to share theirs. 
You got 27 million Africans in the Congo displaced environmental issues, hunger, poor health care. You got a million Ethiopians who've been murdered. You got Sudanese who have died. Ain't nobody said nothing about the Sudanese. Ain't nobody said nothing about the Ethiopians. Ain't nobody said nothing about the Congolese. But you want me to cry tears for the Arabs? Listen, I hope the Arabs in the West Bank in Gaza, I hope they get all they get. I hope they are protected. I hope nobody dies. I hope those babies' lives are safe. I hope the women are cared for. I hope that there's no bloodshed, no violence. But if you think I'm going to take time out of struggling for African people, if you think I'm going to stop my agenda to liberate my people, to go cry for people who don't cry for me, if you think I'm going to stop what I'm doing and pay attention to what's going on over there, when y'all don't even pay attention to what's going on in Africa, y'all don't pay attention to what's going on in Ethiopia. Y'all don't pay attention to what's going on in the Congo. The greatest humanitarian crisis in the world is in the Congo, not the West Bank. I said the greatest humanitarian crisis in the world is in the Congo, not the West Bank, not the Gaza Strip, not Israel, but in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. So don't tell me I got to cry for whites and browns. I'm crying for black people, and I don't care who don't like it. All right, let's unpack it. Let's hit it. Let's unpack 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 it. Okay. <laughs> Shall I just, I'm just going to jump in. I'm just going to jump in. I'm just going to jump in. Okay. I am. Okay. So in one way, yeah, right? Like, yes, absolutely. There's this huge conflict going on in Sudan, right? And I Always. think there's a question that like, did it ever really stop from the last time we heard right. about it? Exactly. Right? So yeah. that's a question. Um, there's this huge conflict going on in Sudan. Nobody's talking about it. There's this huge yep. humanitarian Congo crisis going on in the Congo, right? I read up on it a little bit about like um, military dictatorships who like overthrew the people, even though there was going to be like a peaceful transfer of power. And they were like, nope, JK. And then like, there was a lot of murder that ensued. Um, and we don't talk about it. And I think like, this is, I, and like, this is again, one of those moments where I like want to talk about where I want to call the U.S. out, right? Because he's right. We don't talk about yeah, this. Yeah, we don't. And I think, and I also think that this conflict and um, in the Middle East, while it is important, is also meant as a divisive tactic in the United yes. States, particularly, yes. because we have a lot of like, we have Christian uh, Zionism here. We have mm -hmm. like we have like all sorts of weird shit going on, and this is mm -hmm. like one thing that will divide us. And this also kind of reminds me of um, when Trump got elected the first time, and how Russia kind of infiltrated our shit, and mm -hmm. then was like caused all this divisiveness around like racial issues and caused like that kind of unrest. This feels like something like that. Yeah. Right? There's some yeah. underhanded shady shit that is happening that this war is covering up. Yeah. On the other yes. hand, yes, I also think. Um, and on the other hand, I do think that an oppressed person anywhere is a oppressed person everywhere, right? Like, and that our struggle as Black people and as African people are in Gaza as much as their struggle is in Congo and Sudan and like yes. any other place that there's, that there is like, why must, and I think this is my issue with like the patriarchy generally is like what it has to be one or the other and it doesn't like it, right. it can't be both. Exactly. No, there's a lot more gray area. Everything is in most things are actually most not things. black and white and, and, yeah. and binary. So, uh, yeah, I think T, I think you said everything that I was going to say, because I, when I heard when I initially heard Dr. Umar, I was like, OK, where's he going with this? But then I was like, you know what? He ain't lying. He's not wrong, though. 
he's not wrong. Like he's really not wrong. There, there is in the way that Palestine is getting coverage. There is some, there is some privilege. There's here, something happening. Yeah, right? and, and that, and in the ways that, like you said, and we're in, like what he said, in Sudan, in the Congo, like. Nobody's talking yeah. about that. Right, in Africa as a whole, because European countries went in and destabilized the whole lot. Exactly. Um, so we can have yes. things like smartphones and laptops and like convenience. Right. Yeah, so I think this is another one of those examples where we have to make sure that we are being critical about everything because everything. multiple things can be true at the same time. And right. I do think that we <laughs> can sometimes yeah. be guilty of selective outrage, right? We can. Um, we decide the Especially things that we want to be United outraged States. out. Exactly. Yes. We jump on the train to show other people that we know too. And Virtue like at signaling. the end of the day, that part, yes. So, um, but I agree with you. My point was going to be, if I have a critique, I have two critiques for Dr. Umar Johnson. Um, at the end of the day, he can do what he wants, right? And I do have to say that Dr. Umar fights for the people that he just named, right? He is always looking to uplift um, Blacks, Africans. He's all about Pan-Africanism. He, that's his thing. That's his jam. Okay. Love. Nobody can tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. But I agree with you, T. At the end of the day, until we are all free, let's be real. None of, none us, of are us are truly free. Thank you. Right? Thank like you. at the end and of the day, if exists, if oppression is existing any place, it can exist anywhere. Any, uh, and yes. none of us are none of us are safe. Yes. Right. So we gotta remember, like it's it can only be a certain amount. We don't only have so much control, right? right? And, and as it relates to um all of the institutions and, and resources that we need for survival. So if we allow oppression to exist in any place, in a lot of ways, we are creating the conditions for our own oppression. Thank you. Um, I think I, that is the key. I'll critique his other part after you. After yeah, you. I, I just wanted to say that like this idea about the vision is something that we've just kind of touched on. But I think that Umar is um, reiterating a kind of division right where it it's like is. right and i think that's um, it might be unintentional but that's and, I, what it, and is. it might be unintentional but it is yeah. there and i think that's dangerous the the same kind of division that is going on on our timelines and in our friend groups and over th thanksgiving is about to be wild this year not y'all buckle up yeah. but so like <laughs> like right. so like with all of that division and then umar comes in and divides us again even though like real like Black and brown, we're all oppressed. You know what I'm saying? Right. And for right? me, where like, does why it are end? we doing this? Where, where will it end? If, if ultimately, end? if we all take that stance, like it will not end. Ultimately, Thank we you. cannot do Thank anything you. without understanding Thank the role of community and solidarity. Yeah. Like it just yeah. is not going to happen. It yes. never has and it, it never will be never a success argue. if it's us alone. Right. So right. we have to make sure that, we, that we're um, not perpetuating that lie because that's a lie. Um, but the other critique I have for Dr. Umar Johnson is that um, I also realize that there's been um, an alliance for a, a, a long time, actually, between um, the Palestinians and the Black community. Black people. So, yes. And Irish people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so when he says, like, I'm not going to cry for people who don't cry for me, I disagree with that because they I believe us, that they have. They have fought yeah. with us. They have stood with us um, as it relates to police brutality. They have. Um, showing solidarity to us shit. the same stuff we're watching what they're going through they're watching what we're going what we're through going through and we're, we're coming together look we got to do this together right we and so together. disagree with that aspect and so that's just the thing i want to point out because i feel like when we don't know the history it's easy to accept statements like that and think like well yeah i mean I ain't heard no Palestinians, but it's like no you got to right. do your research like right and also if you don't know Palestinian people how would you know 
Like, part. how would you know what you're talking about? <laughs> how would you know what they're exactly, talking about? You wouldn't know. Exactly. You wouldn't know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, I think that's, that's an interesting, um, perspective that he takes. And I don't think that it's just him. I think there are many people who yeah. have that perspective in our community. And I just wanted to, I you know, so to too. point that out. Yeah. And I, and in some other ways, I think it's like, um, I think in some ways, like our historical conditions have prepped us to be crabs in a basket in some ways <laughs> right in ways that is just so fucking frustrating yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, politically yeah. and like you know in the community and like all the all these sorts of things and I think this is one of those moments where we can take a moment to like look at ourselves take a real deep look at ourselves and be like is this is this the kind of like is this what I want to put out into the world right exactly yeah is this it and it's like also you're you will not get yours unless they get theirs mm-hmm. right and, and I think and- that this is this is yeah. the same thing with like African-Americans and native folks, right? Like we are yeah. together. We Absolutely. have to do this together. Yeah. Yes. And I think also it's just in keeping in mind that like, as much as we may not think it, it applies to us because we are also oppressed, like um, silence is still very much so complicit. Mm. When you don't mm-hmm. say something, what you're ultimately saying is, well, I'm okay with it. It's not my yeah. issue. It's not my problem. So it can exist. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it doesn't fall into my realm of responsibility right. and it's complicit. And, um, I think it's just as bad. Like a friend of my mine and I were talking about like, what's worse. Is it the people who don't think they have a role or responsibility? They don't have an opinion or is it the people who are pro Zionism, you know? Ooh. And I think that's a hard, <laughs> it is a hard one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I well, think it's really dangerous. I think it's dangerous to, um, especially to to oppress group or marginalized group identities to to not understand that we do each have a responsibility, even when we don't think it directly impacts us. Yeah. So MLK, um, just to use MLK in the correct context, context um, <laughs> uh, MLK in a letter to Birmingham jail talked about white moderates and how they were the biggest yes to freedom yes, the, progressives. <laughs> the progressives right and yes. like think, i think this is another mo- one of those moments like you are not as progressive as you think you are if you mm-hmm. are both sizing it that's right right and like, when you, you think that you've arrived and you don't allow yourself to cons- to still be challenged right because learn. you're up on a shelf now because you're like well right. i've arrived and it's no it's a every single day action for all of us absolutely absolutely and i think that's yeah. so important that's so important um so I feel like one of the things we kind of talked about this, but I want to say it, but I want to say it di- like in a big way is um, yeah. how, you know, we talk about how our U.S. tax dollars are being used to fund um, <laughs> the bombs that Israel is dropping on Gaza. And I also like, I just remember Such a this. painful thing. Such a it's painful a, it's, truth. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible fucking thing. But I also yeah. like. So I grew up in a, um, so I went to a private Christian school and Mm. it was nutty. Like it was, it was extreme. Like I I promise it was extreme. And so like I, we got spoon fed propaganda, like our entire history class, as it turns out, was just spoon fed propaganda. And so I remember, um, I promise y'all this is going somewhere Just stay with me, Um, (laughs) that in Bible class, it was either in Bible class or history class. It's funny how those two get conflated, um, where we were talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're talking about um like the Israeli struggle in in the Old Testament and then my teacher made this thing that I still kind of like I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like damn where she mm. made this link between 
the U the Israelis as like God's chosen people and how the U.S. has vowed to protect the Israelis and how we are God's cho chosen people by association. And so that's why we have to keep Interesting. And so that's why we have to keep supporting Israel so we can be on God's right side. Oh my God. Yes. And this was a whole lot of logic that she just fed us. Right. And I was, I was literally in like seventh or eighth grade. Right. <laughs> um, and of course it's all bullshit, but I do think that that, that is Christian Zionism. Absolutely. Yes. And right? indoctrination. And indoctrination a hundred percent. Oh my goodness. Like, it's like when you think back on all of the things that we were fed in school, like I, education ooh. plays a huge part here. Like it really does. Yes, it does. Yeah. It plays and, a huge part in this. The things we do and don't know, the ways we do and don't even know how to decipher between fact, fiction, truth, how to propaganda. use our voice, yeah. propaganda, so many things like that we should be learning in school. But I mean, that's, we know that that's intentional. So. That's intentional. Absolutely. And I think yeah. like it's, it's really kind of, um, and we talked about this a little earlier, but the idea that the United States needs Israel to exist in order right. to justify our settler yes. colonial existence and lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Even though Israel is newer considerably, they are doing the same kind of actions as the United States did in the colonization of Turtle Island, right? Like yes. it's the same kind of like displacement, genocide, yeah. calling it it's a war. whole script. It's a whole script. And yeah. I think also what's amazing about the United States, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is that the playbook is the same, it is. even though the time is different. Yeah. Um, and so like, and I think also there's such, and I think there's something that we all kind of feel about this massive disconnect between what the government is doing and what they're saying. I saw this post from Kamala Harris meeting with yeah, um, like the, the, the Israeli like president or something. That. And I was like, girl, sit down. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, sit down. Sit please. down, Kamala. You're embarrassing us. Like, don't <laughs> do this. And so like how there's this big, Thing over here by our government like doing like saying these things doing these things and then there's a huge group of us like we the people who are like no fuck this right yeah. like the u.s needs as a structural thing we need israel to survive which is why we're shoveling all of this money and it just seems so fucking crazy to me that they're also doing this double talk of like of i'm so glad you said that Right? Let's talk about double time. I am Let's so like, they're yes. playing in our faces. No, they're this, playing, they're in, playing our, in our faces. They are playing in our faces. That is yes. what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you are literally insulting our intelligence. Stop. Yes. Do you right? not think and that we don't know what's going on? We have the internet. And this is what I mean when I say choreographed divisiveness, because Ooh. as long as they continue to feed us the messages, right? As long as they give us the language that we need to take with us about what's actually happening unless yeah. we are looking to understand the truth unless right. we are actually seeking to understand and find what's really happening here that's all that matters and right. this is why that's dangerous right one of the reasons why it's dangerous one of the reasons why it's dangerous and i think like this goes into thinking about united states propaganda right or just probably yes. the nature of propaganda, propaganda in, in general, general. Yeah. right so um this isn't something that the podcast community might not know about me but you probably should is that <laughs> apparently I'm a, I'm a wee bit of a rhetorician so I okay. study, I study words and how words do the words the, the thing that they do right and okay how some words in what in one particular order are more effective than some other words mm. in particular order depending on who you're talking to interesting so, okay so a lot of this news about how like Israel the conflict even the words that they're using are very very strategic right conflict mm. war 
right? Mm. How we're not hearing genocide. We're not hearing settler colonialism, right? We're not yes. hearing um, like dispossession, land confiscation, uh, <laughs> illegal settlement, discrimination, right. those things, right? But we are hearing conflict. We're hearing terrorism, mm. which is a key term from um, the war that we're currently still having in Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan, right? Yeah, this yeah. Like anti, like counterterrorism. Right. It rings of doublespeak because right. what is counterterrorism? Yes. Counterterrorism <laughs> is using terrorism to fight terrorism. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. And since when did two wrongs make a wrong? <laughs> yeah, we like if fighting fire with fire just gets us more fire. Right. Last time I checked, it burns up. That's what exactly. happens when you fight bombs with bombs. So what the fuck? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I I really think that, I think this is another thing that I want to give the podcast community if we haven't already, is just like, be real critical of how people talk Ooh, about this. You be have real to. fucking you must critical. question everything. Question everything. It doesn't matter where it comes from. You have to question every single thing. Right. That's just I, the reality. That's just the reality. I was like, so before we jumped on this podcast, I was uh, looking up some information on the Nakba on the UN's website, right? And it's the UN, it's the UN, right? And so a part, uh, so the UN played a big part of the establishment, which is like, yikes. It played yeah, a really big yeah. part in the establishment of Israel, right? Yes. And then in 1947 and then 1948, the Arab-Israeli war happened, which is mm -hmm. when the, the Nakba happened. And like, I think half the population of Palestine got displaced, right? And then the U.S. Yep. made a resolution in November. Oh, sorry. So the Nakba happened in 1947, or the, that's 1947 is when it started. The U.N. passed a resolution in 1947 in November that said, like, the refugees have to come back. Um, you have to get back to the land. You have to do all these, these things, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they have this really interesting line in which they say that, um, so... However, 75 years later, despite countless UN resolutions, the right of Palestinians continue to be denied. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a very interesting sentence, right? Because it's because <laughs> it it both distances them from the conflict. Like yes. we've done our part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we've yeah. done our part. Yeah. Uh, but Palestinians is and also the like we have to think about how this is how it's just stay with me. The Palestinians is. <laughs> The rights of the Palestinians continue to be denied, right? It didn't doesn't say who is denying the mm -hmm. rights of the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. It is saying mm -hmm. that the rights of the Palestinians are being denied. Is mm -hmm. it wrong? No. Is it confiscating some very important information? Yes. Absolutely. It's almost like lies by omission, right? Yes. You're not really telling the truth, but you're not really lying either. You're not really lying either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you're in some weird gray area. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think this is just like one. Uh, like another way of just saying like like they're like they and when i say they uh like i want to talk about the invisible hand like be careful because the invisible hand is writing right? like they are telling us things right they are puppeteering all of mm -hmm. the divisiveness that we've seen is has been orchestrated yeah it has it has um and, and you said so much and i think i think the danger in um not remembering that we have we can't be comfortable with just taking in what's on our feeds and we mm -hmm. have to push a little bit further and make sure that we're doing our own research and that we're looking at the source we have to consider the source always is that it's very easy for the truth to start to sound like a conspiracy theory yeah right <laughs> oh i because love this other people are not talking about it you're not hearing about it right. so you're almost reluctant to bring it up 
Right. They're trying to right? gaslight because, you into thinking that the yeah. truth is is crazy. Is it, right? It's just a conspiracy theory. Right. Like, uh, well, you know, you so, know, and so I think that's really um, I think that's really key. That's super key. I think it's super key. I mean, as we all know, I'm a little obsessed with the Vietnam War and a part of what <laughs> I what, just learned that today. For the oh, <laughs> my God. You missed a big chunk of my life. You know, I oh, was, my goodness. I was in it. I read like five books. I watched like two documentaries. I I was all over the place, but I got really into the the Vietnam War anyway. And one of the things that I think is very interesting about the Vietnam War is that there are things that kind of happen that people are like, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. Absolutely not. That absolutely Mm. were true, Mm. right? Like Henry Kissinger was running an entire illegal operation in the Pentagon (laughs) while the Vietnam War was happening, right? We Mm. literally bombed Cambodia and Laos back into the Stone Ages, Laos is like one of the most bomb countries in the world because of us mm. during the Vietnam War, right? And one crazy white guy had a theory and so he's like, let's bomb, right? So I yeah. think there are so many things that feel like conspiracy theories mm-hmm. that that are actually just pieces of the puzzle that you haven't seen yet, right? <laughs> and I think also that's the other thing about living in the heart of the empire that we have to be careful about is that they obscure pieces of the puzzle so we don't get to see the whole picture. That's right. And this is why I say we have to always consider the source. We always have right? to because the source is going to present the information in a way that um removes the responsibility, right? Removes right. their impact and and, and allow them to hold us to hold them accountable. Um right. and you know what it makes me think about, and this is something that is really scary. Um the more and more I think about it, and it speaks to so many of the things we've talked about on this on this podcast, including uh, capitalism and and um, settler colonialism, but it's about the fact that I don't know if you've been seeing all of these um, boycott these brands or boycott uh, these right or, or organizations. Yeah, people or, in you know, in the UN have been releasing and, mice in McDonald's because wow, <laughs> because, wow. Uh, they because there's like apparently McDonald's is like supporting Israel, right? And so yeah. they've just been releasing like tons of mice into McDonald's in the in Britain. Apparently, I'm not sure if this is true. I haven't fact checked it, but they did it because they believe that McDonald's is supporting Israel. And so mm-hmm. they released like tons of mice into McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. And, you know, I think what it what it made me realize, though, and this is this is hard. It's like the thing about capitalism and living in this is my favorite thing to talk this about. society <laughs> that we that we that we inhabit it. Um, is that when it comes to, oh, this is the importance of ownership. I looked at the list of all of the different businesses that were on there and I'm like, shit. Everybody. It just felt like, we. I, for me, it felt like we were in the middle of like some like alternate reality. Like, is this yeah. really life? Yeah. Like, what if we ultimately wanted to like make a different decision? Yeah. In so many yeah. ways we can't, you know yes. what I mean? And yes. that is crazy. Yes. And I think- that is part of what we talk about when we say um, the unseen hand that we yeah. talk about, right? Absolutely. The puppeteering, the the decisions that are constantly being made behind closed doors. Um, for me, what I'm taking away from this, and I've been on this track for a while now, but it just like every time something like this happens, I'm like, mm, get back on it. Like, I think this is really important um, in supporting like, businesses and being intentional with our resources and who we spend with because it's like if we don't control anything like i mean this is this is this is real like we don't really own 
we don't own anything. The things we that don't we control need. Any- yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We don't hell control yeah. anything, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and that's a problem because there's yeah. too many people are, I mean, in support of Israel. And like these decisions make a big difference. Make a big fucking difference. Right? And yeah. Because it becomes a network. Absolutely. Network is is absolutely is, is controlling every single thing that we need. Ultimately, we don't really have a lot of choices if we right. don't have ownership because we don't have power. And colonialism is always about um, extracting resources. Oppression is always about extracting resources so that you have full over control over what people need. Yeah, the only way we can be oppressed. Yeah, right? it's literally all about power and control. And it is. and also like so, there's a couple of things that. Um, that you're what you've talked about made me think about and I want to start yes. with the silliest one and work my way in so the, <laughs> the silliest one is um have you seen Hamilton I have yes. okay you know that song the room where it happens yeah so there's a song talking about like the room where it happens where like um Air, like like Aaron Burr or Hamilton went into a room with some of the big players in the in the early Americas and then like they made a deal and nobody else mm. was in that room when they made a deal, mm. but a deal happened. And every and then Alexander Hamilton got everything he wanted out of that deal. That's but we right. don't know what happened in we don't know what happened in that yeah. room, right? Yeah. We just know what happened after that room, right? So so mm. that was what what it made me think about. And yes. what made me think about that was the two facts of living under capitalism. One, <laughs> there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, right? Yes. Number one. Yes. We yes. are all what you said about a network, I think is key, right? We are caught in a net of choices that we didn't necessarily make right and capitalism only speaks one language and that's money um and so we have we have to be careful about where we spend things right and and to to the extent that we can the second one is that is that the and you said it but there's this illusion of choice we we have very few choices but you if you go into the grocery store you're like oh my god we have so many choices like oh my god but we have illusions of choices right everything that you see in a grocery store are owned by the same like two companies you know it's just an illusion of choice to make you think that you have much more control than you did right if you aren't shopping at the store that you were at what other options did you have and especially if you live on like the south side of chicago or other areas like the south side of chicago what options do you truly have right right. if you wanted to get out of town where could you go could you go anywhere? Do you have the money, right? Probably not. We have very few choices here living in the heart of the empire. And I think the only thing that we do have is like potentially this illusion of safety. Ooh. I say illusion because the police have guns. Oof. Yeah. And yeah. I also think you're right. I think that is it. It, yeah, it is scary. It is like the scary, it's the scary reality. of Yeah, because it's like we know- we we know it, right? I we mean, that's it. what we've been talking about all the while this on whole the podcast time. Yeah. and in, in yeah. general. But it's like, it, it's at times like this that it's palpable. It's mm-hmm. like, damn. Like, what the fuck? And we've said it many times in this episode. We've said it in general many times. But just just reiterating that all oppression is is connected. Um, and it's, it is related to... Um, the the um, ability for um, outside powers to control the resources that access to, and so um, so that and I think again, as I said, uh, we've said it many different times, but just just mm-hmm. wanted that. and then last, I wanted to for us each um, to just kind of share like 
what we're taking and what we're leaving, you know, as we take all Ooh, of this in, you know, yeah. Like what are, what are we taking with us? And then what are we leaving behind as we reflect on what's happening um, in, in, in Palestine and um, in Gaza? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Cause like, I'm yeah, like, I can, Oh God, tell me. I can go what first. Are, I've been thinking leaving? about it. Yeah. What are you leaving and what are you taking? I think for me, um, this is something that is always important, but again, these, these issues and these matters, um, these historical events that come up, remind me the importance of staying woke. <laughs> and you said that many times T, but absolutely you have to, you cannot stay get comfortable, woke. right? You yes. cannot get comfortable. You can't be asleep. You have to stay awake and know what's happening around you. I yes. think another thing too, though, and it's still important is that, um, Local issues still matter, right? Oh, it's yeah. no one is asking us to, you know, deny, you know, our own experiences and the harm that is being caused and, and the oppression that we deal with on a day to day to support others and stand in solidarity with others. You know, we can do both things. Um, so so that thing. And when Dr. Umar talked about, you know, Sudan and he talked about Ethiopia and the Congo, um, I'm like, yeah, like I'm also guilty of not sharing. And it's important. We have to show solidarity. We have to do what we can from our corner in the world. But these issues are happening all the time. And I think it is important. And so for me, when I say local issue, issues matter, I think all issues are important and matter. And you do have to pick your cause, right, too, because yeah. stuff is happening everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like you, you just got to know what matters to you. And you have to commit to lifting yeah. as we climb. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And as you climb, yeah. reaching down and pulling someone else up. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. I think, thank you for starting off because I think I have a good idea about what I want to take and what I want to leave. What I want yeah. to leave, thanks, Dr. Umar, is um, divisiveness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want to leave that divisiveness. Part. I want to leave... Mm -hmm. um, I want to leave the idea that it's us versus them in any context, right? The the That's only right. us, versus, us versus them. Never. The only us versus them is everybody else versus versus like the 1%. That's the only yeah. us versus them that matters. Um, but I, so I, I want to leave that. And I think what I want to take is this idea that uh, things are being orchestrated without our consent. That's um, right. And that... I want to continue to question everything and I want to continue yeah. to question everything in ways that I have yet to question things um, yes. and like really try to get to the heart of the matter. Same. And I, I kind of also want to take this idea that, um, that we can be as effectual as we can in our corner of the world. And that, um, that's right. Yeah. And that like, like what you said about locally, like, I want to say that too, is that, um, the way that we build power even in our own country is starting at the local level is right. grassroots only and so like yeah. go like vote for your city's judges mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. and like yep. older people because those kinds of people are what eventually kind of trickle up into that's right yeah presidents right so mm -hmm. um yeah it starts from the ground up it always does yeah. Yeah. And this reminds me, uh, last thing, last two things I'll say, and I've said it already, but just how I spend my resources, how I use my time. Time is our most valuable resource here, Ooh, right? Because oh, what good is anything else if you're gone, right? Your time mm -hmm. here is so important. How are we using our time? Are we learning? Are we keeping aware? Um, you know, what are we taking in? And then what are we putting out into the world with our time? So for yeah. me, I'm taking that, continue to be intentional with how I use my resources, especially my time. 
Um, I want to make sure that I am also supporting myself in like engaging in more healing spaces because I think when we heal together, you know what I mean? We also put more, you know, beauty into the world um, and we put spread more love in the world. Um, and then lastly, and this comes from uh, Jay Maul. Jay Maul and I had a conversation in um, the earlier parts of the podcast. And what he said at the end of his episode stays with me. Um, he said, do something. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. Just Hell do yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can't go something. back to life. As, you can't scroll on your feet and then just go on to life as usual and he said it doesn't matter what you do everybody has the ability to do something you know and so i just leave that you know and that's what i'm taking do something oh hell yeah do anything something one small thing a day if you can yes yeah oh hell oh hell hell yeah (laughs) okay all right and with that yes that's a wrap absolutely (laughs) hey listeners I just wanted to take a moment out to say thank you. We have the deepest gratitude for your support and your willingness to listen to our episodes on the Decolonize to Thrive podcast. I'm also asking that if you have just a few seconds that you take a moment quickly to rate and review our podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It would mean so much to us if you left your feedback about how the podcast has impacted you or anything you might have learned so far. Secondly, we ask that you do share and follow our Instagram page at Decolonize to Thrive. And finally, we would love to feature your thoughts in a subsequent episode. And you can share those by leaving a voicemail at 312-843-3033. Or you can email your thoughts to Decolonize to Thrive at gmail.com. That is decolonize number two thrive at gmail.com. Again, we thank you so much for listening and we appreciate your support.